0: This
1: podcast is sponsored by the New Americans Campaign and the Immigrant Legal Resource Center.
0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to our podcast, season number three, podcast number four. My name is Raisa. Here is Magali our boss, our administrator, our lawyer. Welcome, Magali, with us to our podcast today. Hi, Raisa and everyone for listening. Thank
1: you for being here with us.
0: Okay, thank you again for turning in to listen to Hispanic Unity Florida Citizenship Podcast. Before we get started with our episode today, we want to ask you to send us your feedback and comments on the podcast through our webpage, hufcitizen.org. Any feedback you have will be grateful, appreciated, and we will work to make any changes necessary to make this a better listening experience and very good learning tool for all of you our time to go over very difficult questions of the N-400, asking by immigration officers during the naturalization interview. Let's remember that during the interview, United States Citizenship and Immigration Services officer will be reviewing your English speaking, understanding, reading, and writing skills. Also your knowledge with the natural and 400 application. Your personal questions and your ability to respond correctly and fully civics questions. I believe,
1: Raisa, you're right in dedicating time to some specific questions of the interview. In our previous podcast, we were looking at the most difficult questions in the civics. If you remember that, um we we're trying to review uh the reason why these difficulties with our students. But now, based on the testimonies, uh, we know that there are some parts of the interview that became very difficult. We believe that it's very important uh, to take the time and to read and to understand each one of the questions of the N400 application in order to be better prepared. The discussion that we want to have in these 20 minutes of of the podcast is to go over the section of the N four hundred application and probably we will be reviewing Risa some questions from the part mm, the part one through the part eleven. So we will have a different podcast dedicated to the part twelve of the application. I know during the past seasons we also spoke about the same, but once and again this is such a critical thing to speak about. So, we can start by reviewing the M400 application, Raisa, right? and let's take a look of this, uh, what our students are just giving us the chance or taking the time for, for, out of them to speak to us. What is these
0: difficulties in this M400 application? Absolutely, Magalit. You know, it's very important for our students to listen to our podcast and give us their ideas about what they want to have from us as help uh, during their naturalization process. And this is part, especially part of Tool podcast. And this idea came from our students to work difficult questions during their Interview that officers asking our student and some of many of our student, they didn't pass the interview because that question. And still, I have to remember you. If you don't understand question, you always can ask for help. An officer will change the question, maybe from difficult to easy for you. But if you don't ask for help, if officer not going to provide that help remember excuse me it's very important words to use during your interview asking for help to understand better question that officer is looking for information yes we do you remember
1: Raisa? many years ago <clears throat> you and i we were sitting and counting every single one of the n400 questions so Big surprise when we are teaching civics and we are teaching about the N-400 application for the community is how many questions are involved in the N-400 application. And so what do you think about that, Raisa?
0: Magali, we account many, 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 many questions. If I mention that number, all our students, after listening that number, they are surprised. Officer will going to ask me so many questions? Of course not. Officer has Officers, they have no time to ask all the questions. But what questions officer will ask you, we don't know. And we are preparing all our students with all that questions. Different ways to ask about your date of birth, different way to ask about your marital status. And again, you willing to ask about help, that will be very good in your case to understand better questions. We count with Magali only one question for each part of N400 application will be 129 questions. But if you rephrase each of these questions, will become 329. That sounds as a crazy, but that is a re- reality. Only part about names, we count with Magali, we count 19 questions. Part number two about what is your name? 19 questions. Of course, officer not going to ask all 19 questions. Maybe one, maybe two, maybe three. And for officer will be enough to know if you understand this part of your N-400 application or you don't understand, if your English helping you to understand or not, and if you are well prepared for your interview or not.
1: Yeah, sometimes we feel that our LPR applicants are not clear about this component of the interview and perhaps because uh the decision of preparing for the interview is dedicated to the civics and not getting the importance of the N400 application and when they go to the interview became a big issue because you don't remember what you have in written and so that that's a problem for the officer. Everything that we stated, everything that we speak in our interview will be the reflection of what is in the N400 application. Of course, CIS has the discretionary position to request additional information about you because they're looking back into your immigration history. And so if they have questions, they have the right to ask you about those questions. And this is why the extensive, uh, interviews can become a, um, In place. So then let's take a look, Raisa, these questions. And the first question uh, is about
0: the eligibility. What about that one, Raisa? The question is Are you eligible to become an American citizen? In our
1: citizenship classes, we are always explaining to our students who is eligible to become American citizens. We are speaking about the part number one of the application, page number one, where the applicant can find from USCIS specifics about who is eligible to become an American citizen. Number one, you do have to remember to be 18 years and older. To be legal permanent resident for five years or more, or to apply under the 3, 3, and 3 section exception, which is have been a lawful permanent resident of the United States for the, at least three years. In addition, to be married to and living with the same American citizen spouse for the last three years, and your spouse, American citizen, has to be for the past three years at the time that you file your M400 application. USCIS officer will be looking at your English skills, so how much you understand uh American history and also they want to hear from you uh the places where you have been living, uh especially the dwelling as they call part of working, pay taxes, anything that is relation to your life in America. And so, CIS will be looking for your attachment to the Constitution, the laws, and the order in the United States.
0: Yeah, Magali, that all requirements by the Constitution, have legal permanent resident can become citizen of the United States. And as you said, Magali, many times in the class, to be citizen of the United States, not for everybody. And you have to be clear. You are eligible, or maybe you are not, or maybe you are not eligible yet. Always look for legal help to understand this part of your life as legal permanent resident. Next question, Magali, what different names did you use before?
1: Exactly. For many applicants, this question can be... Um, especially taking very light. And I mean by that, right? As sometimes our applicants, they just have the name. They are very confused. Sometimes they have the green card with the one name, the driver license with another name. Maybe they have the social security with another name, the passport with another name. Remember that always, always you need to disclose the different names that you have used, especially your origin, original name that is coming from your birth certificate. So when our students are just confused about your current legal name, we like to use the driver license name. That's a formal name that you use, an identity that you use in America. And so we like to uh, make uh, our applicants to understand very important to be uh, clear about the name that you used before and especially the names at birth. When our students fail to respond, what is their original name? Then that is a problem with the officer because um, there is something that doesn't doesn't go along with what you're stating. Sometimes our female applicants, they said, no, I haven't used our names. And actually they have been using previous names when they were married, and, of course, their original name based on the birth certificate. So, as you said, Raisa, preparation is everything. Getting a good advice, most of all, will make the inception of your program a success, or probably will not just because you're taking this in another way that is simple, is easy, and actually that, that little detail can be a subject of discussion with the USCIS officer and probably that can change as we can see every single one of these questions, can change immediately the rule
0: of the whole interview. Thank you, Magali. That was very important for our students to, to know. Okay, now my next question, Magali, how you became legal in the United States? Well, there are many ways people can become legal permanent
1: residents, but you must remember the origin of your green cards. When our students are confused about that name, again, the officer is establishing a dialogue with you. They want to have a little bit background of your immigration history, and so, because of that, the officer can ask you a simple question that is not part of the uh, N-400 application, but what is the origin? How you became legal permanent resident? So, that's a question that um, every single one of the applicants must have clear, and that should be shown immediately when the officer asks you when or not when, but how you became legal permanent resident. That is something um, very specific in each one of the cases, because every case is different and every single petition
0: is a different one to become legal permanent resident. Yes, Magali, officer can ask in when you become legal and where you became legal and how you became legal. And uh, that is very important to know all this, to understand that questions. And especially question, Magali, many students have big difficulty. If I became legal by my uh, son, Officer can ask, how your son became legal? And here, many students, they don't know. How their husband became legal? How their sister or son or daughter? And officer can ask that question, and you have to have that information. Okay, Magali, next question. What do you do for living? This is a how? very simple question,
1: Raisa, but the problem is very di- is a very difficult question to understand uh, from our community. Why do you think it's so difficult, Raisa?
0: It's easy if you understand. But this verb "living," they understand as "vivir" in some location, but it's not "living." How you support yourself? How you pay your expenses? Have you have money to buy your food and all that question. But if this question is difficult for you, if you don't understand, you just have to ask, excuse me, an officer will change this question. As we said in the beginning, from 129 questions become 329. Do you have a job? Are you working? What is your occupation? What is your position? What is your job title? Look at how many questions. And I'm positive. Some of these questions you will understand and will be no problem for you to answer. And maybe you have to say, yes, I'm working as a cashier in Publix. And difficulties here if officer will ask, check in your English. What is your responsibilities as a cashier, if you are a cashier? And here where English is limit, you don't know how to describe using English about your responsibilities, your um, working activities as a cashier or housekeeper or a babysitter or a teacher or a nurse uh, or assistant of nurse, whatever you are, at your work, at your job. And you know, Magali, sometimes students, they come and said, I didn't pass my test, but officer asked me something I didn't understand. Listen again, excuse me? That means help me to understand, sir officer, your question. Only one word, excuse me. Okay, remember, no, excuse me, excuse me, okay? And you will be helped.
1: I believe, Raisa, eh, in this area, when our students don't understand the question, then they feel the insecurity and then they decide just to shut down and not to continue speaking because they already believe that everything is lost. So that, excuse me, opens a world of opportunities for our students to interact again with the officer. And believe me, the officer, they want want to make a lot of effort to have you passing the test. And they are just giving you many, many opportunities to respond to those questions. So that's the rephrase, the way that they want to get the information from you. But just to be prepared, Raisa, what do you do for a living? It's a very, uh, informative way to speak, I will say. Um, and so they want to go over the fast way. And then this is English, uh, that is going to be, uh, most of all shown. And that's the reason why our students just like back up and decide just to not to continue with the interview. But again, for us, the guideline here for all of our students is just to understand different ways USCIS may ask this kind of questions. Please be prepared because this is what the purpose of. That's the reason why you're listening to this
0: podcast. Do we have, Magali, time for other questions? Very important question. Well, I will say, Raisa, that uh,
1: we have very few seconds here. Um, uh, and this one should be about living outside of the United States? What will be the critical
0: question there, Raisa? Yes, Magali, this question that officer can ask, how long was your, the longest trip outside of the United States? What? What a question. What officer wants to know? What officer is asking me? Excuse me. An officer will ask, Did you travel outside of the United States and some of this trip you spent six months or longer outside of the United States? Officer can rephrase this question. Officer can ask you different way. Officer just wants to know if you didn't spend during one of your trips six months outside of the United States. If you did that, that will be other issue and other our podcast to explain why you as legal permanent resident cannot spend six months or longer outside of the United States and one of your trips.
1: So Raisa, as you mentioned, we will continue reviewing this N400 application, but the 20 minutes are already passed by. We know you can listen the, the podcast many times, and we want you to do that. This subject needs more explanations and talk and practice. So... Before we leave, we want to thank everybody for following our podcast and to continue preparing to become good citizens of this greatest nation of the United
0: States of America. Thank you very much, Magali, for you participating in our podcast. And thank you, everybody who is listening and who is getting well prepared to become new gringos of this beautiful country. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye-bye.